0: the tenants, please prepare for takeoff.
1: Wheeler cycling lining scores. I don't believe my eyes. Wheeler gets a hat trick. Oh my goodness! He hits another. That's by and the Winnipeg Jets are going back to the Stanley Cup Finals. Ground control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. It is the halfway mark of the National
2: Hockey League season, at least for the Winnipeg Jets. This is Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. I'm Jamie Thomas, Tyler Esquivel, Mitchell Clinton. Around the roundtable, we go and we go. Um, 41 games into the 2018-19 season, the Winnipeg Jets find themselves in first place in the Central Division, a single point over the Nashville Predators. Gentlemen, your opening thoughts on uh, what has to be looked upon as a very successful first 41 games, starting with you, Mitch.
3: Full disclosure before I even get to that. Right, um, the challenge. Again. Yeah, I I have this cough that will not go away. So uh, the Jets TV Live pregame show uh, prior to the game against the Dallas Stars, we timed it. I was able to go four minutes and 40 seconds without coughing. So we'll see how this goes. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, after 41 games, I mean, I think given the expectations that we're on this uh, hockey club going into the year and the fact that and it's a fact that I think is is I mean even I forget about it at some points. Just this this roster is so young. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have the expectations and the the youth on the roster and the the bit of changeover that there was, I think they've handled it very well. I mean, you're your first place in the Central Division. I don't know what more uh, could have been asked. So obviously some some lessons still to learn when it comes to uh, getting comfortable and uh, the grinding style of hockey that they're going to be seeing, but. I think uh, it's been a strong 41.
2: Considering the issues they've had putting the puck in the net, it it does say a lot about how good this team is playing defensively. Um, Tyler, just what have you thought about the opening 41 games uh, as we're halfway towards the playoffs here? Uh,
0: A lot of what Mitch said, you know, I would kind of echo um you know obviously a young team big expectations put on them in the early goings and the one thing that I've sort of taken away from this team versus sort of what I observed last season was that there's been some tougher lessons to be learned along the way you know there's been a few third period leads that you know have been given up and you know I I think those are necessary evils in order to sort of build what we're hoping to see come June so um in, and in the last few weeks here, I also think that, you know, the team's been strong. You know, we've seen a couple of little slips and falls along the way, but, you know, they, they come back with a win. And, you know, you look at the game against the Dallas Stars compared to the game against the Penguins. After the game, Captain Blake Wheeler says, you know, they are just a step off it tonight. They were just a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. And then they came out against Dallas, and they were the faster team. Right. You know, outside of a different sort of first five minutes, um, the Jets, for all intents and purposes, I thought outplayed Dallas um, for the most part in that game. So I think just the way <clears throat> they've been able to sort of be resilient um, to adversity uh, is is what you want to see in, in a young team. So um, definitely a positive step in the first 41.
2: The 40th game of the year was in Pittsburgh, and uh, it was a solid Check from Sidney Crosby, the captain of the Pittsburgh Penguins, right to the chest area of Nikolai Ehlers. Ehlers is lost this hockey club until early to mid-February. Um, you know, Ehlers has been very resilient in terms of staying in the lineup. He's been in 82 games the last two years, hadn't missed any games this year, Mitch. Automatically, you put Kyle Connor up on the top line with Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler. Now, some moving around. This is the interesting setup on the second unit. Uh, you have Jack Roslevic for the time being on the right side, Patrick Lane playing on his off side on the left side with Brian Little. One game in into this little combination, I think they had to be pretty happy with
3: what they saw. I think so. They they look good. Uh, I mean, pretty much every line looked good against uh, against the Dallas Stars. And even though the score was five one, I think it was a, a much closer game. I mean, Josh Morrissey scores the the empty netter to make it four one, and then I mean, you talk about two of the guys that you just mentioned, Jack Roslevic getting some power play time as well yeah. Uh, with Ehlers out of the lineup uh, on that second unit. Threads a, a beauty to, to Brian Little through the seam uh, for a backdoor tap-in, so I think I'm going to be interested to see. Little and Rosvick, of course, played together uh, during the playoffs last year. Patrick Laine hasn't played uh, on his off wing for about two and a half years at 5-on-5, five five. so yeah. uh, there's going to be a bit of an adjustment there, but he feels like he's got more options on that side, so uh, one game in, Looks pretty good. Also, the Jets playing without Dustin
2: Bufflin. I think we haven't done enough of this on this podcast, Tyler, is we really haven't given Ben Sherrod his his, his due. Yeah. He has been excellent this year. Uh, now on on the left side with uh, Tyler Myers without Dustin Bufflin in the lineup. But I think for a guy maybe that a lot of people were not thinking we're going to be in so much the top four, Uh, never mind the top six, he's worked his way in there and has stayed there and has been very effective.
0: Absolutely, you know, watching him against the Dallas Stars I thought he made some really good plays in our own zone in tight that he was sort of able to elude defenders and make that good first quality pass out of the zone and you know, he he talked on the Jets TV Live post-game show after the game in Dallas he was our guest and you know, he said you know, I played with Tyler Myers all throughout the playoffs so there definitely is some built-in chemistry there and they've looked pretty good so far and and the one thing that you noted on the the post-game show was that Tyler Myers also likes to jump into the rush, much like Dustin Bufflin does. Mm-hmm. He, Myers actually, you know, his goal against Dallas was compared to, you know, a Dustin Bufflin-esque play. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think there's some similarities there between the two, um, and Ben Chirac continues to improve. You know, this is a guy who was in the press box at the beginning of last season yes. and worked his way into the lineup. and. Is now a mainstay on that blue line, and you know you're not even talking about him being in the press box anymore, and, and rightfully so. He he has played so well in the last. I'd say 2018 was a, a great year. For ben Sherratt and I hope we can see him continue this and I, I have no reason to believe that we won't uh, see this continuing. Uh, shout
2: out to Tyler Myers who's had three games in a row over 23 minutes in the absence of Dustin Bufflin. That's, uh, those are big shoes to fill and uh, Tyler Myers has done that a uh, little extra power play time also some more penalty kill time on top of that without uh, big number 33 in the lineup so the Jets move on without Dustin Bufflin, and Nikolai Ehlers for the time being. Uh, also be, this time of year It's that all-star time of the year. And, of course, the last podcast we talked about who we thought would be in the all-star game. Uh, I mean, the obvious choices are Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler. Mark Shifley and and Wheeler, indeed, are going together. And and it's great because when have you ever seen a Shifley goal without Blake Wheeler attached to it? And that's really the way it is going. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, if they'll be playing together with the Central Division All Stars in San Jose later this month, Paul Maurice also going as well. Uh, Mitch, I know you, you noted this, and I will not get you to talk too long about it because of your uh, of the, of the uh, issues you're having. Uh, health-wise oh. at this moment You're not dying So we won't get into that yes. too much But <laughs> <That's good. laughs>
0: Issues you're having health-wise it sounds very serious
2: I mean, That sounded I mean, sound very serious It
3: is legitimately yeah. just a cough That yeah. won't go
2: away at yeah. this point uh, Just a quick thought On, on the uh, three all-stars At this point We're still waiting to see If Patrick Laine gets in as well
3: Yeah, NHL.com slash vote Go there You can vote uh, 10 times a day For Patrick Laine to be uh, The last player named To the Central Division roster So make sure you do that Um but yeah, like like you said, like Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler have been pretty much attached at the hip all season. Um, there's rarely a goal that Shifley scores that doesn't have number 26 attached to it and vice versa. So they definitely uh, deserve to be going. And I really liked the the story that Blake uh, yeah, said, great. like just about the fact that his uh, his oldest son Louis got to go uh, to the All-Star game last year in Tampa Bay. And then before this season even started, he asked his dad, well, where are we going this year? Mm-hmm. So uh Like I had to kind of explain to him, you know, it doesn't happen all the time. But, I mean, the guy, uh, Wheeler's near the league leading assists. And anytime you're up there, you're, you know, you're definitely going to get noticed for for an all-star nod. Tyler, yeah.
2: uh, Paul Maurice is going as well, and I mean, that the, based on the fact the Jets had the best winning percentage at the official halfway mark of the National Hockey League season, it's not based on points, it's winning percentage, uh, if, if there's anybody that's going to add some more life to the to the All-Star weekend, it's going to be the coach of the Jets.
0: Yeah, absolutely, I, I think, I, I'm really just interested to see what we get from Paul Maurice right. that weekend, it's, you know, he he came out after it was officially announced, obviously, with the way, I, I'm not a math guy, and those of you who know me, mm-hmm. I am definitely not a math guy. But, you know, we kind of knew that Paul was going to be in no matter what here. Yes. So we was just waiting for... about for four a, or five days yeah, now, we yeah. we were just sort of waiting for mere formalities. And, you know, a couple media members tried to say, hey, what are your thoughts on this? And he kept saying, nope, I'll tell it, I'll talk to you when it's official. Mm-hmm. And then it was finally official. And the answer was not about, yeah, it's an honor to go, yada, yada, yada. It was... It's an honor to go to represent everybody, the players, the trainers, the coaches, you know, Man everybody shit. that's involved Ownership. in in what's going on with the Winnipeg Jets. So, it's it's just a to him it's it's not a feather in his hat, it's a feather in the hat of everybody who makes this uh Gosh, I'm really well, clearly, the play, here, he, he mentioned
2: the fact that the players are a big reason why he's going. Yeah, so but there's other things going on behind the scenes.
0: Absolutely. So yeah. I'm just curious to see how he reacts. He's a funny guy. You yeah. know, he said he said he's going to pick his best suit and make sure he stands in the right spot. So Correct. we will be there to make sure he wears a fancy suit yeah. and stands in the right spot.
2: Hopefully, yeah, well, he'll allow us in the suit selection process. Maybe we'll see how that
3: goes up. But make <laughs> I'm sure calling three-piece, <laughs> by the way. Three-piece suit, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. That's very Claude Noel of him. Well, no, he's, he, Paul's got some some good...
0: Some
2: good he does. He does, yes. yeah. Paul, we're, full disclosure, we love your suits. And we like, also yes. we're looking forward to this opportunity. Um, Paul went to the All-Star game 22 years ago. It also happened to be in San Jose. So uh, I imagine he likes the, the, the Northern California city. He uh, was the assistant coach of the uh, Eastern Conference All-Stars. He was the head coach of the Hartford Whalers at the time. There's a photo of him I put up on my Twitter page uh, of a young, very young... Uh, Paul Maurice looked very good and young. Uh, of course, Doug McClain was the head coach of the Florida Panthers at the time. He was a coach, but Messier, Lindros, Coffey, Gretzky, Lemieux were just uh, a, a mention of the star players that were on that roster.
3: It makes me wonder like, what it's going to be like in 22 years from now, mm-hmm. looking back at, at the players that are currently playing, that you know their, their careers are either over or, or in the very tail end of it. Just kind of what it's going to be like, like, looking back and being like you know you look back now and you say the name Gretzky or Lemieux and you're just like oh man like yeah unbelievable so you just wonder how a, a bunch of the careers of guys that are not even just Jets but um across the National Hockey League like you're gonna look back on some of these names and you're just gonna wonder like what what kind of like aura are they gonna carry yeah. at that point it's mm-hmm. just it was something I was thinking about when we were uh finding the photo yeah and it's like, I wonder see, what that's gonna be like
2: yeah when you see Lemieux now You're like, oh, so good. And you think about all the great plays he's made. So I wonder uh, how much more we're going to get from the players that are going to be in, in San Jose at the end of the month over the top of their National Hockey League career uh, Mike Kelly is, is our guest here on uh, jet, uh, Ground Control the official podcast the Winnipeg Jets uh, he works for the Point he's an analytics guy obviously does a lot of appearances on TSN and of course the NHL Network uh, Hey, the they Point handed out their midseason NHL awards unfortunately no Winnipeg Jets are in that department lots of times ago here but it had some very interesting stats on the incredible shooting percentage from Mark Shifley where the majority of his shots come from and of course how great of a Passer, Blake wheeler is into the slot so we'll have that coming up for you right after this
1: by rise Blake wheeler all Winnipeg Jets single game tickets for the 2018-19 season are now on sale choose the matchup you want to see and pick your seats today by visiting winnipegjets.com Winnipeg tickets
3: this is Josh Morrissey. You're listening to Ground Control, the official podcast
2: of the Winnipeg Jets. Pleased to welcome to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, our guest, Mike Kelly. Mike, uh, how are you today?
4: I'm doing great, Jamie. Thanks for having me
2: on. Uh, big day at uh, at the Point. Uh, of course, you can follow the Point at the Point Hockey on Twitter. Uh, the NHL Awards at the halfway mark. Uh, any surprises thus far? And I guess we can start first with the Calder Trophy. And that doesn't really seem like a much of a surprise, is it?
4: Uh, no, and it, it's uh, it, it's interesting. It, you know, thank you for mentioning our Twitter account uh, at the Point Hockey. Um, you can find us on online as well at thepointhockey.com, where this article is. And uh, joking, I guess it's not that funny anymore. But I was on uh, the Canadians pregame radio show at the Bell Center last night, talking about Elias Pettersson. Uh, how good he's been. And, and the guy I was on with said, you know, yeah, if, even if he got hurt and missed the rest of the year, he'd probably still win the Calder Trophy. And, uh, he did get hurt. It doesn't look like it's too serious, which is, which is good news, obviously, but he's built such a lead. It's, it's crazy. He's got twice as many goals as any other rookie. 17 more points than any other rookie. Um, and he did miss a few games already this season. So, um, yeah, Elias Petterson gets number one. We had uh, Miro Heiskanen, number two in Dallas. He eats a ton of minutes for the Stars and was played really well. And right behind him is Rasmus Dallin with Buffalo. Uh,
2: Vesna Trophy, uh, I guess it's really one-man race in, in, in some aspects because of how many injuries the Anaheim Ducks have had. But uh, John Gibson has been simply spectacular this year.
4: Yep. When you're the goalie for a team that is the second-lowest-scoring team in the league and they allow the second-most quality shots against and you're in the playoffs, it's probably the goalie. <laughs> that's absolutely the case yeah. with John Gibson. He's been un- un- unreal for that team. Um, I think by the end of the season, there's a chance that Andre Vasilevsky could be right up there with him, and we have him second because uh, two reasons. One, you know, for Gibson to, to be able to maintain what he's doing for another 40 games is it's not going to be easy. It's not to say he can't do it. He's been incredible, um, but that's going to be a tough task to ask of anybody. And what I think people don't realize with Vasilevsky, and he's missed a month this season already, but if he plays out the season, he'll have enough games, is, you know, Tampa's this amazing team. They've got fewer than 10 losses. They're dominating everybody. They give up a lot of really quality shots against. In fact, Vasilevsky is top three in the league in terms of the amount of high-quality shots he faces per game. Tampa can just outscore his problems. They score more than four goals a game um so Vasilevsky's been really good too but uh right now yeah it's Gibson
2: Uh, Norris Trophy it's it's a great story anytime somebody's over 30 years old and of course the, the Winnipeg Jets are a great example of that with Blake Wheeler and we'll get to him momentarily but what about the story with Mark Giordano in Calgary this year
4: it's been terrific you're right 35 years old and uh eating a ton of minutes eating tough minutes playing in all situations um, you know Calgary gets uh, a lot of the chances, the, the real high quality chances. When he's on the ice, uh, he, he does everything for that team. You know, you could go into a lot of detail, but the, the bottom line is he just does it all. And he's tied for third in scoring among defensemen, or he is third last I checked. So, um, yeah, we, we've got Geo. Uh, not because he's 35 years old and he's doing this. Um, the award goes to whoever the best guy is, regardless. It's just of course. that much more impressive um, the fact that he's doing this late in his career.
2: And finally, the, I mean, there's many more awards than this, but these are the big four. A hard trophy, uh, Nikita Kucherov has just been sp- like just, I mean, there's no words to describe how good he's been, but uh, uh, you can try here in this situation. But how good has he been in your mind?
4: Yeah, he's been the best to me. Uh, he, he's the highest scoring guy in the league. on the highest scoring and the best team in the league. Um, I know Tampa has a lot of firepower, but he's, he's so good in so many areas. On the power play, he's got more points than anybody. Um, he's got a ton of power play goals. His shot is just as good as his passing ability, and both of them are incredible. Um, that power play unit, that five-man individual unit, is the most productive in the league. Um, so it's Kucherov uh, for us. We had Connor McDavid second and Ovechkin third. It, it crazy fast to me with Ovechkin. And there's a lot of other good players in, in that mix, too. Um, right. Ovechkin has 30 goals, and no one else on his team has more than 12. Yeah, and that that's remarkable. This guy's supposed to be hung over all year from the Stanley <laughs> yeah. Cup celebration, and he's, he's taking the All Star game off. <laughs> yeah, he can take the All Star game off. <laughs> yes, he can. It's amazing.
2: Absolutely. Um, you know, of course, when you come on a podcast, uh, that is, of course, the official podcast, the Winnipeg Jets. We, we did bring you on to talk some, raise some sunshine on the, on the Jets as well. Uh, an incredible season so far for Mark Shifley. Of course, he's going to the All-Star Game along with Blake Wheeler. But his shooting percentage is 22.4%, just unheard of when you think about it and, now, and the amount of opportunities you get. But really, can you, can you shine a light on just how difficult or how great of a job he's done finding the spaces and getting those shots off and them counting for goals?
4: yeah that's a good point you bring up and uh with shifley i think the important thing to remember for jet fans is that you can expect him to shoot around 20 percent it's not mm-hmm. it, you know league average shooting percentage for a forward this year is around 11 percent. so if, if all you do is take you know the real simple view of well he's double that so it's probably going to go down you're not looking deep enough into it because with shifley and it's been the case for a couple of seasons. He doesn't he doesn't take a lot of low danger, low chance shots on net. He'll if he's outside the the slot area, you know he'll he'll more likely defer to a pass or, or try to make a different play than than just waste a shot on goal. He's one of only two players in the league with 20 goals or more and less than 100 shots. The other guy is Elias Pettersson. So you know when I look at Mark Scheifele, I look at 75% of his shot attempts have come from the slot. That's fourth best in the league. And he's got 22 goals on 98 shots. He's shooting over 22%, like you said. But it's because he doesn't take a lot of low-percentage shots. That's why last year I expected him to shoot around 20%, which he did. It's why the year before, the same thing that right. he did. Um, and the last three years, he shot 20%. So uh, I think the, the important thing for Jets fans to note here is you can expect him to do this uh, because he doesn't pile up a ton of shots. He's not a volume shooter like a guy like... Ovechkin, he's a guy that picks his spots and he's got a great release too, so he can bury them when he has them.
2: Well, of course, this is helped a lot by his teammate, Blake Wheeler, and of course Mark Shifley is more than happy to point that out. Wheeler, of course, going with Shifley to the All-Star Game in San Jose later this month, but Wheeler, one of the best slot passers in the National Hockey League. Can you touch on that a little bit for us?
4: Yeah, and and you're right, that does tie into Mark Shifley for sure. I mean, Shifley does a great job of finding open space in, in contested areas. That's a credit to him. And the perfect compliment is Blake Wheeler, who does a great job of getting pucks to him in those contested areas, which isn't easy to do. And, you know, we have our, our ways of measuring shot quality, which we just talked about with Mark but yeah. There's ways to measure that in passing as well. It's not just how many passes do you complete in the offensive zone or what your passing success rate is. It's where are you passing the puck to. There's a lot of guys that go D-to-D and, and can complete 99% of their passes, but these aren't plays that are going to help you score many goals. With, with Blake Wheeler... He completes a ton of passes into the middle of the ice, that slot area. Um, he's fourth in the league this season. And every guy in the top five is top 15 in a fifth. Blake Wheeler's third overall. So there's a, a direct correlation there. Um, you know, the other elite guys, Claude Giroux, Nikita Kucherov, uh, Johnny Goudreau, um, they, they complete these passes at a bit higher percentage. Um, mm-hmm. But it's a volume thing for a guy like Blake Wheeler. Just get a lot of those pucks to guys like Mark Scheifele and the Jets are going to score goals, and that's what he's been doing. They're a perfect complement to each other.
2: Does it impress you, Mike, considering that every opposition team can, knows that Blake Wheeler is going to defer to passing most times when he's out in the ice?
4: That's very impressive, for sure. I mean, you look at the, the power play as an example. Wheeler has 19 points on the power play. All of them mm-hmm. are assists. doesn't have right. a power play goal. So yeah. if, if I'm facing the Jets, I won't say facing them because I can barely skate backwards. If I'm <laughs> scouting the Winnipeg Jets, right? Um, I'm telling my penalty killers, okay, you know what, Blake Wheeler, he shoots a lot from the right side of the ice outside the dot. He doesn't score from there. It's a it's a, it's a low percentage play. Give them give them that shot if you want to, but don't let them pass the puck into the middle of the ice. But they've also got that you know check power play where you can pass it down low and then they can pop it back up into the slot to Shifley too. So. Uh, what makes the Jets power play dangerous is what makes any good power play dangerous. There's lots of options. And, uh, and for Wheeler, again, you bring up a good point. It's that much more impressive considering the fact that you know, he's not going to shoot. You're happy to let him shoot. But even though you can anticipate the pass, you can still find ways to get it done.
2: Another impressive stat that I saw on the point. Of course, you can follow these guys on Twitter at the Point Hockey. Uh, Kyle Connor had a long stretch without going offside. Has he since gone offside since you guys posted that article? And has Patrick Kane from the Chicago Blackhawks gone offside? Period. This entire season.
4: Yeah, you know it's it's funny. I've been asked about this a few times doing different interviews, and it, it's one of those things that's just kind of uh, uh, you know a funny thing to put out there. It's something that we right. track and. It's not like oh my goodness he's gone offside. Maybe we should move him down to the lineup. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But it's just one of those funny things. And and yeah, when we posted a Patrick Kane, uh, we looked at every forward that's played at least five hundred minutes, and Patrick Kane hadn't gone offside in like seven hundred plus minutes. He has now gone offside four times. So um, ruin the stretch. Yeah, might <laughs> want yeah, to bench him. Uh, No, definitely not but uh, the the as for Kyle Connor yeah he's gone offside three times now this season which is still ninth best in the league Um, there's only actually one forward now in the NHL who's played at least 500 minutes and hasn't gone offside and that's Josh Bailey with the New York Islanders so there's some useless trivia for you that will occupy a space in your brain and you know you might forget how to ride a bike now but there you go
2: I'm curious about the conversation. What started that, Mike? Where where you guys were looking? You know what? Let's let's keep track of guys and how much they go offside. Now it is it is important because you know you don't want to. You know, no one wants to go offside, but I find it very interesting how you guys decided to to keep track of that.
4: Well, it started by looking at the exact opposite, which is something that could be an issue. And is it's it, is there somebody that goes offside a lot? Right. And uh, and you know it, it actually goes back farther than that. I, I listened to an interview. Um, that Adam Oates gave, and he talked about the skills coaching that he does, and he said, you know, one of the things that drives me nuts is when guys go offside because there's no reason for it most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that got me thinking, okay, is this A, something that certain players struggle with, and B, is it a repeatable thing that can be an issue for a player? And when I looked at the guys that do it most, um, there are a couple of guys that stand out to go offside a lot. And, um, you know, one guy is Patrick Maroon. Mm-hmm. who last year went offside a lot. This year he's gone offside 16 times, I think, off the top of my head, which is right up near right. the top of the league. If you're a skilled guy like a David Pasternak, who has gone offside more than anybody, you're mm-hmm. making a lot of plays at the blue line. You're making a lot of passes with your line mates, and, and you can kind of understand that. Um, you see it with McKinnon and Ransom in as well. But when you're a guy like Patrick Maroon, and you're consistently up here, and you don't play a ton of minutes, uh, that, to me, is cause for concern. So that's that's how I started looking into it, and that's how I saw the flip side of it again is, who are the guys that don't do it? And Kyle Connor was one of them. Brian Little also. He's only gone outside three
1: times. Wiley
2: veterans, there, Mike. Um, one last one for you. Of course, you know, everyone. I mean, this is worldwide. Was paying attention when Jim Lights went off on his star players Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben. And I, I really like how you guys went into this. That maybe Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan, of course divisional rivals of the Winnipeg Jets, aren't playing as bad as their CEO is saying that. How did you guys look into that?
4: Well, when I when I saw the comments, first of all, we were all shocked by it. I mean, you just don't hear that in professional sports, let alone hockey, coming from a, a, an executive of a team. Uh, it's pretty unique in that way. And you know, my opinions on on how it was handled in terms of the message and all that, it, it's not really relevant here. There's other people that can speak to that with more experience in those areas. But what surprised me w- was seeing the comments that were made by Jim Light. Um, and looking into it and seeing that a lot of it is exaggerated and some of it is just not accurate.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: So, you know, if I'm the CEO of an organization and I'm going to publicly lambaste my employees, um, you, you better know what you're talking about. You better have your facts straight. And when I looked into this story, you know, you made a comment about Tyler Sagan, how he, he's not going to the right areas where you score goals. And he, he actually said he never does that anymore. Right. and I, I look at all the places where Tyler Sagan is shooting the puck on the ice compared to last year when he scored forty goals. It's almost identical. He's hit the post I think when i when I looked at this uh, when the comments came out, he hit the post I think eleven times. No one else in on the team had more than three. Okay. Uh, he's had some bad luck. he's still getting to all those good areas, and what I wrote in the article was you know it's going to be pucks are going to start going in at a higher rate for Tyler Sagan if he continues to do. What he's doing this year, which is basically exactly what he did last year. And it's going to be a convenient narrative for some people to have when the pucks start going in to say, Oh, well, you know what? He's got a fire lit under him now. Um, and that's why it's happening. It's not the case. If pucks start going in for him, it's going to be because he's the process for him has been good all along. And I expect him to start scoring and he has scored a little bit. Um, and I've heard Tyler talk about it, and he said, "You know, I'm not worried about the results, and that's what lights talked about. I'm worried about the process, and I'm, I'm mm-hmm. confident in that." So there was a lot, in, and that article is up on our website as well at thepointhockey.com. If you want to, if you want to read about it, if you can. But um, what troubled me most about what was said was uh, the fact that a lot of it just wasn't true.
2: Love it so much. Uh, Mike, as always, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. Thanks for coming on uh, Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets.
1: My pleasure, Jamie. Take care. 50-50 tickets are now available online for all Winnipeg Jets games. Buy yours before the start of the third period by visiting tnyf.ca slash 5050 in support of the True North Youth Foundation.
2: As we always do on the uh, final segment of Ground Control as we take care of some housekeeping, and also that is the opportunity for our listeners to get 50 Jets reward points. So go to jetsrewards.ca and type in the word of the weekday. Uh, It is Bufflin. Uh, Dustin Bufflin, of course, out of the lineup, but it is Bufflin. Get get that in there. You'll have yourself 50 Jets reward points. Thanks so much for listening to Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, Just wrapping things up here. Uh, The news before the All-Star announcements was... The Winnipeg Jets will indeed be taking part of the next Heritage Game in 2019, October 26th, dun, 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 in the city of Regina. It's going to be cool.
3: Yeah, yeah. Like I, I think it's just like the neutral side part of it will be will be interesting. Obviously, the Jets have some experience with it uh, being in Helsinki. Um, so yeah, that's going to be it's going to be cool. Obviously, this will be much much closer um, to Winnipeg. So and obviously, there's a bunch of people that. You know, even though there's that there's a big rivalry between the uh, the CFL teams in the two provinces, mm-hmm. I think there's some some Jets fans out there that uh, are going to be excited to see the team play.
2: I've I've always wondered. I have asked you guys this before. Before the Jets came back, where did you guys think most of the allegiance was in terms of the Winnipeg Jet or sorry, the Calgary Flames and Edmonton Oilers? The Calgary Flames, of course, are providing the opponent for the Jets. But who? Where do you think is this a bigger Oilers? province than it was a flames province during when you guys were growing
0: up well i mean speaking from i lived in saskatchewan for three years and it's pretty split down the middle i mean there are a lot of oilers fans a lot of my buddies that you know i hung around with uh in in sask were, were oilers fans but there were still a few flames fans so i think it's gonna be pretty split down the middle i'm curious just to see how many jets fans that Make the trip. Well, not yeah. only make the trip, but yeah. then also who are also like, you know, fans that live in, in that province. Right. And the cool thing about Saskatchewan is is there there are small cities and there are small towns everywhere. So you got like you're drawing from Swift Current, Moose Jaw, Saskatoon, yeah. Battlefords, all the small towns and this is this is an opportunity for those fans who, who might just not get the you know the opportunity to drive into Winnipeg all the time based on road conditions mm. to catch a game and also do it in a really cool atmosphere. So at Mosaic Stadium, I've, I've never watched a football game in there, but uh, it's I've seen the outside of it. it. It's amazing. It's so nice. So mm-hmm. um, definitely a really cool opportunity for, for, the, for the team. Um,
2: I guess you guys were here for the Heritage game against the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I was this close to being at the first Heritage Classic with the Oilers and Montreal Canadiens at Commonwealth Stadium in Edmonton. However, uh, there was a strike at A Channel, uh-huh. so therefore I had my... <laughs> credentials revoked at the time, so I was that close to being at the first one, but it was freezing cold, so yeah. I'm kind of glad I missed i I had a couple of buddies that went to it had to wear uh okay. double ski suits because it was so cold uh watching the yeah. alumni game now we're not quite sure if there's an alumni game tied into this one
3: yeah, a lot there's of those a lot of those those details, yeah yeah, there's still a lot of stuff to get worked out so Keep it locked. WinnipegJets.com. We'll have all that info. That's what we're here
2: for. Uh, again, thanks so much for uh, listening to Ground Control. We'll be back next week. Uh,
1: uh, go, Jets. Go. This is Big Ground Control, the official podcast of the Winnipeg Jets, hosted by Jets TV. For Jets news, videos, and more, head to winnipegjets.com.